New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones. Robert Brzezinski with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the mountain time zone, and that means it is time for the good news. So grateful that you are here with us today. You know, folks, every week I strive to bring you a collection of stories that I dig up or find or just find their way across my desk and remind each of us as we head into the weekend of the good news that's happening in our world, uh, that it isn't all bad news and it isn't all, you know, horrible stories. And uh, this first story is one that came to me. And, you know, sometimes you learn a few things along the way. I did not know much of what uh, is happening here. Now, what I do did learn, however, is that in 2007, then-President Rafael Correa uh, of Ecuador announced that they would hold uh, a vast amount of oil reserve in the ground if other richer countries ponied up and donated money to an Ecuadorian poverty fund. However, none of the, none of the uh, not very many countries did that. Uh, and so for the past 10 years and more now, the uh, there has been a legal battle going on about whether or not Ecuador should tap into this giant reserve of oil. Now, the good news is that 60% of Ecuadorians voted against drilling and uh, voted to keep the oil in the ground. This is good news. I, uh, the oil, uh, the state oil company, Petro Ecuador, uh, are going to begin dismantling equipment that are near uh, this park. And it is a national park as well. So uh, good news in Ecuador. We're going to keep the oil in the ground for a bit longer. I think that's a great idea. Let's give, uh, let's give some of our renewable resources a chance to... Uh, to take over and do the work they need to do. You know, folks, we get most of our stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. Uh, we do encourage you to set, drop by their site and give them some of the love and attention they deserve. We get a lot of our programs. Uh, we get a lot of our different stories we find over there. However, if you hear of a good news story you think we should be covering, by all means, please send it to us. Good news at ntmedia.org. That's good news 
at ntmedia.org. Let us know about the good news stories you're finding in the world. If we can, we'll cover them. Or maybe if you'd like to be a special guest one night, we could talk about that as well. All right. Back into our good news stories here. Now, um, this one I found really interesting because over the last 40 years, uh, the Newcastle University-led study has been focusing on the Pacific Island nation of Palua. Uh, I, I believe that's how you say that. Uh, and what they have found is that the coral is more adaptable than we had thought. Now, one of the things that's going on with climate change is that uh, coral are having bleaching events and we're losing coral due to warmer ocean temperatures. Well, researchers say that high frequency bleaching can be fully mitigated by at some reefs under low to middle emission scenarios where, for example, the Paris Agreement commitments are fulfilled. We know that coral reefs can increase their overall thermal tolerance over time by acclimatization, genetic adaptation, or shifts in community structure. However, we now we know very little about the rates at which this is occurring. That's according to the co-author of the study, Dr. James Guest. Good news happening in the Pacific Ocean. We're, Mother Nature doesn't really need us to figure it out. We're just keep, kind of keeping up. <laughs> and uh, follow it along with and learning what Mother Nature's already doing. Gotta love it. Good news stories reminding me everywhere we go. This next one is another one as well. Now, uh, this is, well, I'm going to read, I'm going to share it with you. What if you took uh, some sawdust and uh, uh, polyphenols and filtered water through that. Well, there it is. You'd, re you'd remove up to 99.9% .9 of microplastics from that water. This is all happening because we know that what microplastics are becoming a much more uh, prevalent concern and something that we absolutely have to deal with. Researchers looking for better ways to filter microscopic particles of plastic from water sources investigated the properties of wood and other plant materials and found they work extremely well with very little cost and potentially unlimited scaling up potential. The water filter design, which the inventors are calling BioCap, is made of sawdust composed of cellulose, hemiculose, and lignin. Uh, but it isn't a very good uh, filter just by itself. It removes only about 10% of micro nanoparticles of plastic. However, when we add the, the polyphenols like tannic acid, uh, which is a defensive chemical found in almost all plants that lack underground root systems, the effectiveness became almost perfect. Polyphenols create strong molecular interactions with polymer particles, including many microplastics. And, we, and they didn't wear out even after many repeated filtering trials. Biocap authors say, by taking advantage of the different molecular interactions around tannic acids, our biocap solution was able to remove virtually all of these different microplastic types. Again, that's according to one of their studies author, authors. Good news in the world of microplastics. We're working our way towards uh, having less and less in our bodies, and that is a good thing. I love the way we witness innovation. 
And I love the way we witness uh, cultures and peoples and organizations and even governments embracing a new way of being, embracing a new way of moving forward as, as, as one world, thinking globally, acting locally. And that's exactly what our next story is all about. Last week, India's federal government improved nearly $7 billion uh, in American funds for a nationwide plan to equip the largest cities in the country with electric buses. The plan aims to help cut down on air pollution from vehicle exhaust, which is a major factor in Indian cities uh, and why Indian cities have such poor air quality. It's also believed the buses will help lower the nation's total carbon emissions. Again, we're working towards that Paris Accord there, folks. Even if uh, some countries are <clears throat> dragging our feet a little bit, <laughs> uh, demand for electric buses has been growing, and Prime Minister Modi is ag aggregating that this, this into a centralized plan while inviting companies that make electric buses to build for government contracts. Here in the United States, uh, the most recent infrastructure spending bill included 1.7 in funding uh, for electric buses across over 46 of the 50 states. Uh, and that's uh, intended to purchase over 1,700 electric or low emission buses. We may start, you may start seeing those on your street corner as well. And I encourage you folks uh, embrace the electric revolution. I believe it is something uh, that's going to truly uh, help us break our dependency on fossil fuels. All right, you're watching the good news here on New Thought Media Network, and we need to take a quick break, let you learn a little bit more about some of the things that are upcoming and say hello to a couple of our sponsors. But we're going to be right back with another segment here on the good news on a Friday night. Don't go away. Stay with us. Hit the like, share, and subscribe buttons. Let your friends know what we're doing. We'll be right back with more on New Thought Media Network. I was made in the image. I was made in the image of love. I was made in the image. I was made in the image of love. Here and now, I can see I was made beautifully. I was made in the image. I was made in the image of We'd all stop acting like we're strangers if we could see underneath. We are one family, and it don't matter, don't matter where you come from. Every heart beats to the rhythm of a one. You are a gift. That is the absolute truth. You are a gift, a blessing to the world, a way that the infinite love of God shines itself, shares itself, and expresses itself more fully in the world. You are a gift and a blessing. Please take that seriously. Take it as your honor. Take it as your opportunity to be a light that shines for others. Be that bright light of God's love that's the truth of who you are. And enjoy it, because you deserve it. 
And we're back with more of the good news here on a Friday night. New Thought Media Network. Thanks for being with us, folks. Please do hit that like, share, and subscribe buttons. Let your friends and family know what we're doing here. Thanks for coming back. You know, we a uh, number. We also want to give a shout out to another one of those great resources, SunnySkies.com. We get a lot of different stories over at Sunny Skies, and that includes the next story we're going to share right here. But before we share that, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered what happened to that pen pal that you were randomly assigned to in grade school or perhaps middle school? Well, for some, they don't have to wonder. I think you might know where we're going uh, right here, right now. I want to introduce you to 80-year-olds Patsy Gregory and Carol Ann Krause. They've been swapping letters. Uh, sorry, wrong slide there. There we go. Here's Patsy and Carol Ann. Uh, they've been swapping letters since 1955 uh, when they became pen pals from opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean. The pair went on to send and receive more than 800 correspondence. They've always remembered each other's birthdays, wedding anniversaries, and Christmas. But they had never met in person until Patsy's, Patsy told her daughter, Steph, that she'd always wanted to visit Carol Ann, who was living in Conway, South Carolina. So, you know where we're going. The family surprised Patsy with a ticket to the United States on her birthday in this past June. Uh, that allowed her to fly the 4,000 miles for the very long overdue get-together. It was quite emotional and it was lovely, Patsy said. Uh, I didn't feel any nerves. I was excited. It was great to be able to meet her at last. It was just as I thought I'd, it, it was just as though I'd seen her last week because we'd known each other for so long. What a great story. 800 letters back and forth for a family reunion. And I tell you, folks, I love these types of stories because it, it, we talk about oneness. We share these, uh, the, this concept of oneness and so much that we do. And here is one of those demonstrations, one of those long, lifelong demonstrations of the absolute oneness we have with each other. Uh, you know, it turns out both women had three children. Uh, they, uh, there's so many uh, correspondences in their lives over the years. Uh, it's heartwarming to know they got a chance to meet each other and to be, be together in physical space as well. All right, let's keep going here. I've got another good news story. This one I found really interesting. And um, now we're always looking for new ways for air purifiers. And this one is a, a unique way of adding a coating to the lampshade that when heated up, begins to counteract the environmental pollution that is in, in, around in our houses. So what's happening here is these lampshades are targeting volatile organic compounds, which account for most of the indoor airborne pollutants. When you, let, when you heat up the, the lampshade, the heat alone begins to eat up these VOCs, as they're called, volatile organic compounds. Now, this works really well for uh, traditional light bulbs. However, here in the United States, you're not going to find incandescent light bulbs all that much. But it also does work uh, with other light bulbs as well. Now, LEDs is something they're having a little bit of uniqueness to it because the LEDs don't give off any heat. 
but halogen bulbs work and any incandescence you might have. And the, guess what? The team is working on how to uh, create thermocatalysts uh, from LED light release as well. Just imagine your lamp and your shade becomes your air filter. Love it. More good news than ever before. Hey, I've got a couple more stories before we take a break. And uh, we often, throughout the month of June, focus on our LGBTQIA plus members of society. This past year, uh, many of our folks have been under attack in various legislative bodies. And I promise to follow up on a couple of the stories for you as they occur uh, tonight, I want to do a couple, do just that for a couple of stories. The first one is something a little new. Uh, now, what's going on is several school districts in Virginia's Democratic-leaning regions are flat out refusing to implement transphobic policies recently handed down by the Virginia Department of Education. Uh, these policies force students to use bathrooms, pronouns, and names that align with their sex as assigned at birth. Uh, the state's attorney general, Mason uh, uh, Jason Mirez, sent a letter on Thursday still telling schools are required to follow the policies, uh, but the letter is not legally binding, according to uh, legal experts in Virginia. The Alexandria City, Arlington County, Fairfax County, and Prince William County Public School Districts have all refused to follow these policies. Uh, the policies are part of the so-called Parents' Rights Movement, and uh, in August, uh, just a couple weeks ago, post, uh, they explained that, that uh, the, purpose, the purpose of school division policies addressing non-discrimination is to ensure that all students and families have access to our educational programs and facilities so they can learn, graduate, and have successful futures. Congratulations and kudos to these school boards and these school systems in Virginia standing up and saying we will not adhere to an unconstitutional law. Love it, love it, love it. And in another follow-up story that we've been following, a federal judge this week issued a temporary injunction against a part of Georgia's new gender-affirming care ban, not the entire bill, uh, now, SB State Bill 140 was signed by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp in March. It revokes the license of medical professionals who administer surgeries or hormone replacement therapy for transgender people under the age of 18. The law creates an exemption for cisgender youth. They're allowed gender-affirming care to conform to their sex assigned at birth. The injunction reportedly blocks the part of the law banning hormone replacement therapy from going into effect while the ban on gender-affirming surgery still stands. And let's be real, folks, uh, minor, very few minors are ever, it's almost unheard of that a minor receives gender-affirming surgery. Any gender-affirming surgery needs to wait until after the, that, that teen has reached 18 and the age of legal adult. That's what I know of Colorado and many other states as well. So despite banning HRT SB 140, it, does all, it also does not block puberty blockers. Uh, the human rights campaign said allowing one but not the other is essentially creating a bridge to nowhere. 
the junction the injunction came as a result of a lawsuit filed by the parents of four transgender girls with the help of the human rights campaign the aclu and the southern poverty law center prohibiting access access to medical care is just cruel According to Beth Littrich, the senior supervising attorney for the LGBTQ rights and special litigation at the Southern Poverty Law Center, the health care ban displaces parents' ability to make decisions in the best interest of their children, disregards the collective knowledge of the medical community, and condemns children to years of suffering. Laws like this are predicted, predicated on prejudice, misinformation, and manufactured fears, and they're indefensible as they are in unconstitutional. Congratulations. Thank you to this judge for saying, no, we're not doing that. All right, folks, we're going to take another real quick break. However, I got a whole nother segment of stories coming up for you in just a couple minutes. So please don't go away. Stick around. We'll be back with more good news in just a moment. Help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you to all of our organizational sponsors and individual donors. You make this network what it is and help us to share this good news message out into the universe Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, final story just up now here, folks. Uh, as many of you know, our third segment often is uh, filled with our human interest pieces, and tonight is no different. I want to introduce you to Calvin Godet. Uh, Calvin is a utility worker in Chesterfield, Virginia, uh, and he's being recognized for a selfless act of kindness uh, that helped a stranger in need. Now, here's what was happening. Uh, Calvin was on his way to Subway for lunch when he said he heard the voice of God telling him to go to Burger King instead. 
Well, while he was in line at the drive-thru, he noticed that the woman who pulled up behind him uh, looked very upset. And in a random act of kindness, Godet told the, the drive-thru attendant to that he'd like to pay for that woman's meal as well. Little did uh, Calvin know that how far this kind gesture would go. Uh, the woman in the car was Barbara Walt Walters, and she was headed to her husband's funeral uh, and was obviously very visibly upset. Uh, they had been married for 40 years. Uh, Walter said, it just touched my heart so, so much that someone would take the time to do something like that for me. Some people just think, oh, it's just such a small gesture. It made me feel like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you so much, Calvin. You know, folks, we say it a lot. Uh, sometimes the smallest of gen gestures can make the largest of impacts. And in this case, that is absolutely what happened. Please practice random acts of kindness. Uh, no matter how big or small you might think they are, uh, no matter how small you might think they are, they make a difference in people's lives. Hey, making a difference in people's lives is one thing. Making a difference in a dog's life, now that's a whole nother story, especially when it turns out that after you do so, the dog saves your life. <laughs> Here's what happened, folks. Uh, a few weeks back, Chris Cushnan and Sheila Janes checked out a great Pyrenees named Moose. That's Moose there on the left. Uh, this is part of the Portsmouth Humane Society's program uh, called Paws Around Portsmouth. And you can adopt a dog for a couple of days, take him out as a foster dog, and uh, him or her, and uh, advertise, try to help him find a family. And that's exactly what Chris and Sheila did. Uh, however, they throughout the day, they weren't able to find a family for Moose, so they brought him home to their houseboat which is moored at the Tidewater Yacht Marina. Uh, in the middle of the night, the boat next door caught fire and Moose was able to wake the family up as smoke was beginning to pour into their boat as well. Uh, Sheila told Newsweek it happened so quickly and at that point every second counts. Those were critical minutes. Uh, her family was able to get out, uh, out of the boat and uh, get out to safety. However, their boat was lost. Uh, to the fire. Now, about a week later, another family had been following the story of uh, Moose and Chris and Sheila and decided that while no one had stepped forward to adopt Moose, it would be their chance and their turn. Brought Moose home and gave, gave him a new home as well. Uh, no word here on a fund help. Uh, Chris and Sheila replaced their, their houseboat However, we do know that they are safe and uh, Moose is doing well in his new home as uh, also. Right on. These are the kind of stories I love, folks. And as we are apt to do here on the New Thought Media Network, before we go tonight, I want to introduce you to this week's Hero of the Week. Yes, folks, this is Joe Schilling, and we raised Joe in high praise and high honor this week as he sacrificed his life uh, during the wildfires in Lahaina, Maui, Hawaii recently. 
Joe, also known as Maui Joe or Uncle Joe to his local friends, uh, lived in an apartment building that had, did catch fire during the Lahaina fires. Uh, from what we know, uh, and this is according to his sister, Penny, uh, from what we know, Joe started to evacuate and there were elder pe elderly people in the community who were stranded. Joe was able to help one elderly woman escape and then he turned and went back in uh, to try to help others escape. Uh, he was able to get a, a few senior citizens into his apartment uh, and then uh, sent a text message saying that he was trying to keep the smoke out. Uh, Joe, unfortunately, uh, did not survive his ordeal. However, he is credited with saving lives and therefore deserves and receives our Hero of the Week award. Thank you, Joe, for being uh, for being for being the Bodhisattva and ushering these dear ones along uh, as well as yourself. All right, folks, that's the good news for tonight. I'm Robert. I'll be back tomorrow with more here on the New Thought Media Network. And remember, tomorrow morning we've got our Science of Mind and Spirit conversation series. Learn a little more. Please join us in just a half an hour for the Fireside Chat with Reverend Pastor Michael Mangus. Happens every Friday evening at 6 o'clock Mountain here on the New Thought Media Network. Plan to join us again. We'll wrap up today's programming at 8.15 with the evening prayers. Until next time, I love you. I think you're amazing. And I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.